0: Jesus thank you thank you yes Um, we have learned along our journey along this way that that song is very prevalent to a lot of things that we have been through and it's not just us it's each and every one of you where we face things and we don't know how we're going to overcome them Um, Josiah congratulations (laughs) you might want to take that song here and there you know but as long as you keep God first communication is important everything else will fall into place Um, and so uh, sorry that side note but um, we have to know and we have to believe that God is in control as pastor has said many times behind this pulpit that control is an illusion which is very true because we have no control over anything Um, we feel that we might have control over circumstances and things but things happen and circumstances come up And what do you do there's only one thing that you can do and that's really grasp a hold of god and hold on and he will see you through um i'm going to start with when we left here um back in i don't even remember last year november we traveled through to branson because we always stop and see vic porter on our way and we were out we were having lunch and vic asked steve he said what is your greatest need and steve's like we need the book um, printed in spanish a guy said why spanish and we're like well you know half of america speaks spanish you know and so he thought about it. he's like okay he's like you know that that'd be a good idea so he got the books published in spanish and we got the books and uh my husband went out and gave them to different churches well, there was this lady, and her name is Jella, and we blessed her with a book. She was a pastor's wife, and she looked at the cover of it and said, oh, I don't need this, and just plopped it in the house, and didn't even read it, didn't even open it, nothing. And so she um, was cleaning the house with her daughter, and she, her daughter said, well, what do you want to do with this book? She's like, I don't know, just put it in the bathroom like I You know, just put it in the reeds. And so later on that day, she had to go to the restroom, and she did not have her cell phone. And so she's like, well, I'm just going to pick up this book, and I'm going to start reading this book in the restroom. And so she started reading the book and couldn't put it down. And then she realized that she had a lot of offenses. She had a lot of borrowed offenses, a lot of offenses that she had given, a lot of offenses that she had received and not dealt with. And it was so funny because when we were talking, I said, you were already offended just looking at the cover of the book before you even started reading it. And she started reading it, and it got so far down in her, it was like a fire that just took off. And everywhere she went, she just kept telling people about this book and being a part offended, and we can't be offended in life. We can't be offended with each other. We are the body of Christ. We've got to learn not to be offended with each other. We see it throughout our whole trip where people are offended with other people, with pastors, with, we have got to learn to be in unity as the body of Christ. I might not like you, I might not like always what you do, but guess what God says? I gotta love you. <laughs> and uh, you know, God does make, his, make us different for a reason because what Candace can do, I can't. What pastor can do, I can't, and vice versa. And that's why we all need each other, because we all give something different that somebody else can't give. We are all unique in in Christ. And um, so our journey took us down to Texas, and um, a friend of ours there was having a tent ministry, and I haven't been to a tent revival in years. And we got in there and the revival started and it just reminded me when we were in South Africa and one of the first uh, tent ministries we were with our Reinhard Bonnke and, and um, just standing there and watching the pulpit being prepared, you know, and people praying, you know. And then as we started, you know, speaking how people just started to come from right to left and, you know, people were being touched right, left and center in case you haven't noticed we're in a hurting world. And the world doesn't have the answers for us. Only God has the answers to all this madness that is truly going on. You switch on the news, and there's nothing positive in the news anymore. I mean, I've gotten to the point where, I mean, we met up with a, a guy, and he lived literally in the back of his truck. And he said, You know what? Every single time I would turn on the news, my day was just started so negative. And he's like, I've cut the news out. He's like, I sold my house, sold everything. He's like, i meant so much peace because I, I don't include that in my life anymore. And so, you know, as we have traveled and we have gone and we have seen, you know, there, there's so much of that, you know, that is going on where, you know, um, there is, and I'm sure my husband will probably get into it a little more, but, you know, we stand here and we think that things are not in our backyard, but they are in our backyard. We need to open our eyes, and we need to be educated, and we need to know what is really going on in our backyard. You know, we were down in uh, Douglas, Arizona, and uh, despite what the news says that says our borders are secure, our borders are not secure. People are coming in by the hundreds and the thousands, and it's going to get even worse. But, you know, our borders are secure. Um, And so the drugs are coming through the border. They're loading up little children with backpacks, and the parents are sending them to America for a better life because that's what they truly believe is what's waiting for their children. So these children come through with backpacks, and you're not allowed to touch the children. And so they separate the children and the backpacks. And what's in the backpacks are the drugs that the cartel has put in there to bring across the border into America. We think that this is not real, and that this is not true, but just last week we had a pastor's son pass away from an overdose. It is everywhere and we need to be aware and we are the ones to make the difference. We are the ones to make the change wherever we are, whatever we're doing. Don't think that you're too young because age has nothing to do with it because this drug It doesn't matter whether you're young or whether you're old. It's taking everything and everyone. And so they separate the drugs from the children. And then the children are sold into slavery, sex slavery. This is a real thing, people. It's not. And and I'm going to be honest with you. I was very naive to it. I thought, oh, OK, you know, is it really a thing? It really is a thing. And it's really something that we all need to stand up. If you see something that doesn't look right, it probably isn't right. And um, so we were on the Douglas border and from there we were supposed to go into Cells, Arizona. But a situation came up and we couldn't go into Sells. Um, our border patrol people said to us, I don't think it's a good idea that you go. Because what's happening is the cartel is running the drugs up through the native nations. And the Native nations are now giving it to other nations. And they're just falling over right, left, and center with using these drugs. Just last week, a friend of ours said, you know, within a week, in front of Walmart, where we we go? I mean, it's it's hard to believe, but it is there. And um, some things that we have seen with our own eyes, you know, people on drugs, I mean, they're not thinking correctly. They're not in their right mind, so they pick fights. I mean, I was standing there, and this guy's coming, and he's got a stick, and he's hitting the ground, and I think, oh, you know, they're just jesting, teasing. They'll turn around and give each other a hug. That didn't happen. He took that stick and started beating him, beating him, and I'm like, hey, sis, and he's like, oh, that's common, and I'm like, what? You know, no, that's not common, you know, and um, then the guy got the stick away from the other guy and started beating the guy that did have the stick, you know, and so, You know, like I said, just last week, there was a a domestic in the parking lot, you know, of a Walmart. In that same Walmart, there was a stabbing that happened. In that same Walmart, there was a woman that was so drunk and so high, she didn't even know what was going on. And two men drug her off into the field. But thank God somebody saw it, called the police, and before anything could happen to her, the police were there. I'm not saying this to be a Debbie Downer, I'm just saying this, that this is the things that are happening in our world, that at some point we can no longer ignore. Um, So anyways, I'm sorry, we were going to cells and they said, you know, please don't go, you know, the drugs that are running through and if they see your car and your your, um, travel trailer, they will probably you know, take you or leave you and take your truck, you know, and your trailer. So we opted not to. And the very thing that we have learned is to be led by peace. If we don't have peace doing it, then we just don't do it. You have to be led by peace in your life. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. Don't push it because you feel that it's something that you want to do. If God's not in it, he's not going to give you peace to go. And so we made our way up to Yuma, and we were actually on our way to um, Fort Mojave. And there was just a few things along the way that were just not going our way. And I started to get discouraged, and we got to Fort Mojave, and the pastor that was there didn't remember that we were coming. And so, I, you know, I think sometimes we all go through this. So we went home that evening, and... I just said, God, what are we doing? Am I even making a difference? Are we making a difference where we are? What are we doing? And so I really didn't tell my husband what I was feeling. And so I asked him earlier that day, I said to him, I said, hey, I said, could we go down to the water and just go take pictures? And he's like, yeah, he's like, sure. He's like, where do you want to go? So I said, I want to go to the cove. So he's like, all right, let's go to the cove. So we jumped in the car, went down to the cove, and there was a gentleman there, and he looked very rugged, like life had just taken him over. And um, he was walking with a real limp, and hair was really stringy, and he just looked in bad shape. And I just said, God, I'm just like, just touch him, just bless him so I we went down to the water and this gentleman has a stick and he's just going along the water and he's hitting the water, you know, and just ragging, dragging the stick behind him. And, and um, I finished taking my pictures and I walked to the car and we have snacks in the back of our car. We always carry some sort of snacks and I just felt in my spirit that I needed to collect some snacks for this gentleman because at that point then he was in the, in the dumpster looking for things. And so at about that time, Steve comes, and he's like, hey, we need to. And I'm like, I'm on it. He's like, all right. So he gets his wallet out, and he has a $5. And I'm like, $5 doesn't buy anything anymore, you know. And so I look in my wallet, and I have a 10. And about that time, our granddaughter called. And you know, when our grandbabies call, we kind of, okay, I'm going to talk to my grandbaby. So I did, and I sent him back out. And before that, God had spoke to Steve and said, what if that was me? What would you do? And Steve was like, I would feed you. And I would give you what I have in my wallet. So Steve went off, and I was busy talking to our granddaughter on the phone. And and I can see them, and I'm watching the conversation. And I see that my husband's countenance starts to change. And I'm like, what is going on? And um, Steve comes back, and he has this bewildered look on his face. And I'm like, babe, I'm like, what's wrong? And he's like, you're never going to believe this. And I said, what? And he's like, he knew my name. I said, what? Hold on. I said, how do you know him? He's like, I don't know who he is. But he said to me, he said, Stephen. And he's like, and it shook me to the core. I'm like, yeah, it would shake me to the core too. And I'm like, so You know my husband was the chief chaplain in the state of Illinois, so I was like was he an inmate? Was he someone from your past life? He's like Tina. I do not know who this man is. I cannot recollect who this man is and so Steve blessed him with the money and snacks that we had and so He said I would like to sing a song for your wife so Steve's like you will sit in the car You will lock the door, you can have the window down, but you will not get out. I was like, okay, all right, you know, it's okay, all right. So we pull the car around and this gentleman takes out his guitar and he starts playing. And in that moment when he started playing his song, I just started crying. Because what I had felt earlier was that, Lord, what are we doing? what, are we touching anybody? Are we doing anything? And in that moment, God showed me that sometimes we don't always see what is going on, but I'm working in the background. And you don't always have to see what's going on, but just know that when I am in it, it is working. And so I was like, okay, God, and he finished his song, and I remember what my husband said, but I didn't really listen to that. I kind of flew the door open, and I said, everybody needs a hug, you know, and so I run, and I give him a hug, you know, and Steve's like, he's there, and then Steve's hugs him, you know, and, and, um, never did see the gentleman again. Don't know where he went to, you know, um. But those are the things that God will do, and he's no respecter of person. I don't believe that he, you know, I no, I do. I do believe that he did it because at that point, you know, believe it or not, even though I was standing there questioning, I was more in self-pity. You know, why we've been going through so much and we've, you know, we've gone 9,000 miles and so far, you know, the last three stops have just been a wall. God, what are we doing, you know? And so, or are we making a difference? And so, you know, I believe that God always shows us, just in little glimpse or just a little thing of encouragement that might have not, I think we, I think he encouraged us more than what we did him, but I'm sure he felt the same way. Someone went out of their way, regardless of how I looked, because he looked rough, to say, hey, we love you enough that we are going to give what we have to you and send you on your way. And um, so I'm going to stop with that or else um, I will continue on and my husband won't have enough time to um, speak um, and what God has put on his heart. But I do want to thank each and every one of you for your prayers, for your support. It means the world to us. Um, What, you know, what God has, has called us to do is not always easy. And I think, you know, we have... We have seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know. Um, we have seen uh, a drug transaction happen in in front of us. I happened to be down on the campground and um, I heard a car pull up and then I heard another car pull up. And I said to Steve, I said, there are two cars over there. And so we kind of went with the golf cart over there and, and we took a look. And Steve's like, let's just stay right here. Well, here this guy comes out with this huge tactical bag, puts it on the ground, and then walks it around to the guy's car, puts it in the car, then this guy comes out with two big yellow jugs and puts it into his car. And I'm like, hold on. I said, is this really happening in front of us? Steve's like, "Mm mm-hmm. I said, so what do we do? He's like, we just stay right here and we don't get involved at all. So I'm like, okay. Well, there came a break where they were talking, and so we had to turn around, and so the only place we could turn around was right in front of where they were doing their drug transaction. And so we bring the cart around, and, and Steve's like, hey, everything okay? And he's like, yeah, we're fine. He's like, do you need help with anything? He's like, no. We were out, we were gone. I was like, okay, you know. And so these things are happening out in the open. They are they're they're happening out in the open. They're happen, they're happening, you know where um, where you live, where your kids go to school, you know. And um, we are you know we pray we pray diligently that the Lord guide us, you know, and the things that we do and the things that we see and how to intervene and what to do, um, because it is a real thing. And I just, um, I want to thank you again, like I said, for your prayers, for your support. Continue praying for us as, you know, um, we're going up to Wyoming in August um, to the uh, Arapahoe Shoshone Reservation. My husband's better with that than than I am. I can never pronounce all the words, but um, I just want to say thank you, and um, we appreciate and love each and every one of you. Thank you.
1: hot. All right. Okay. Before we get started with this morning's message, I would like to uh, read to you from Romans chapter 23 and verse number seven. And I want to pay particular attention to the latter part of verse number seven. It says, respect, uh, respect to those you owe respect and honor to those you owe honor. And Pastor Ron, I'd like you to stand up for just a second. Yes, yes, yes. Church, let's show honor. To whom honor is due, our pastor, Pastor Ron Coleman. God bless you, Pastor. I want to um, just preface my, the beginning of my message real quick. I want to shout out to some of our pastor friends in the Southwest, Pastor Mark Thomas, Pastor Eddie and Ethelene Rodriguez, uh, Pastor Perry Charlie, uh, Pastor Dennis and Corrine Gallegos, and shout out to Brother Baron Sissy. All right. I want to talk to you this morning about those things that matter. But before I do so, there's someone else I want to recognize, and it's my wife. I have to be honest with you, I'm not the brightest crayon in the box. I'm just an old jarhead with a hard head. My wife has taught me more about love, grace, and true servanthood with kindness than anyone I have ever known or met. I've seen it in action in her, and I don't say that because she's my wife, but because it's true. And I am highly blessed of God to call her my wife. My partner, my best friend. Thank you. You have your Bibles open me with me to First John chapter four. And I uh, Holy Spirit woke me up and was speaking to me, and he said, "You know, There are things in life that we think that matter, and then there are things in life that truly matter. And I think more times than not, we think on the things that we think are important instead of the things of what God's Word says are important. And this morning, I want to kind of reel your focus in, and I want to hopefully narrow your vision to see what it is that the Holy Spirit has shown me so that we can be focused on those things that are important. And I'm going to start in 1 John chapter 4, and I'm going to read verses 7 through 20. And it says, Dear friends, let us love one another, because love is from God, and everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his one and only son into the world so that we might live through him. Love consists in this, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Dear friends, if God loved us in this way, we must also love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God remains in us and his love is perfected in us. This is how we know that we remain in him and he in us. And he has given assurance to us from his spirit And we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent his Son as the world's Savior. Whoever confesses that Jesus is Son of God, God remains in him and he in God. And we have come to know and believe that God has has for us and to believe the love that God has for us. God is love, and the one who remains in love remains in God, and God remains in him. In this, love is perfected with us so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment. For we are as he is in this world. There is no fear in love. Instead, perfect love drives out fear because fear involves punishment. So the one who fears has not reached perfection in love. We love because he first loved us. Catch this. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. Let me repeat that. If anyone says, I love God yet hates his brother, he is a liar. Now, I'll be honest with you. I, I have a tendency to uh, get in the flesh, I know none of you do that, and I know that you guys are all saved, sanctified, filled with Holy Ghost, and you have all these precious Pentecostal moments in your life, but there are times when I just wanna whip somebody's behind. There are times when I wanna be real, okay? And that, over the years, has gotten me in much trouble with my pastor, you know? And, and I love him, and you know, we've we've debated, and he's always been right, And I would give him excuses why I would fight, and he would give me excuses why I didn't need to defend myself. And I would look at him, and he would look at me, you know, and I I just thank God for your persistence in not quitting and giving up on me. I also want to thank Brad and Tony for having my back at the prison. So... But it says here, if anyone says, I love God, yet hates his brother, he is a liar. For the person who does not love his brother, he has seen, cannot love the God he has not seen. And we have this command from him, the one who loves God must also love his brother. Now, I want, I, this, is, this is from the, S, the ESV version. The enhanced Steve version, that doesn't mean that I have to come around and be your best buddy, but I have to love you. I may not like you, but I have to love you. You say, how can you, how can you love me and not like me? It's difficult. <laughs> I'm just keeping it real. Hey, look, y'all. You know, if, if we're going to be real about this, let's, let's just be real, okay? I know there's some people that don't like me. I find that surprising, Brad, that there are people in this world who just don't like me. But you know what, that's okay because, you know what, I struggle with the same difficulties. Why do I do that? Because you know why, I don't always walk in the spirit, I walk in the flesh many times, just like you do. Some of you all are some of the most fleshly people I've ever met. I'm just kidding, lighten up. All right. If, if you got, if if the Holy Spirit convicts you of it, then <laughs> repent. But I'm just teasing. But I'm speaking about myself. You know what? I'm a work in progress, and my work is not the work that the Holy Spirit has begun in me is not complete. My salvation is complete. I am completed in Jesus Christ. The penalty that Jesus Christ paid for me on the cross of Calvary has paid for all of my sins. But you know what? I have, I have come to this conclusion by the Word of God and from the Holy Spirit speaking into my heart that I must look and do those things that matter. And what are those things? Proverbs 31 Verses 8 and 9, Proverbs 31, verses 8 and 9, says this, Speak up for those who have no voice, for the justice of all who are dispossessed. Speak up and judge righteously, and defend the cause of the oppressed and the needy. Folks, God gave you a mouth for a purpose. He gave me a mouth for a purpose. And you know what? My mouth is to be used a tool to edify the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and his name is Jesus. And my purpose in life is to serve him every day of my life until I draw my last breath in the last pump of my heart. My job is to, to speak up for those who cannot speak up for themselves, to defend, what does it say? for justice speak up for those who have no voice for the justice of all who are dispossessed to speak up judge righteously and defend the cause of the oppressed and the needy folks that is that is a huge segment of this population that we call the United States and it's increasing day by day as we as we are allowing more and more folks to enter into our nation from different, different places. We're growing every day, and we're, we're going to have to stick our nose in the word and do what the word says. When we as individuals or as the church choose silence instead of speaking up, We have committed an act of betrayal against God and our brothers and sisters, the oppressed, and the needy. Our lives begin to end the day that we become silent about things that matter. In the end, we will remember not the words of our enemies, but the silence of our friends. Silence in the face of evil itself is evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak, and not to act is to act. So we're given choices. God gives us a choice. Do we act upon God's word? Do we put into play and into motion those things in which he has commanded us, in those things that he has told us to do? Are we being light and salt? Or are we being a stumbling block? You know, it's difficult to explain, but you know, where we go, Tina and I are the minority. Here in Chester, we're just Tina and Steve. And, you know, but when we go to the places we go to, we, we are the minority. And it's a different when you're wearing somebody else's shoes. And listen, for, for folks who are searching and seeking and looking for love, And looking for acceptance and looking for a kind word or looking for a meal when they can't get it from you or I or from the church they will choose to get it from the cartel they will choose to get it from the from the gangbangers they will choose to get it through acts of crime they will choose to get it through acts of violence they will they will come to conclusions on their own out of their own thinking that will take them farther than they want to go which will which will ultimately put them in a position where they will be incarcerated for years and years and years and many of those people that are locked up are innocent of any crime other than just being hungry, needing somebody to love them, someone to embrace them, someone to feed them, someone to encourage them. My, my wife and I, we one day we were with brother and sister, and I, we, that's Monica and Victor, and uh, when we're in Gallup, we live in Gamerco, which is on the rez we, are, we actually live in the gated community, on the, the only gated community on the Navajo reservation. And I, I got that as a fact from uh, former vice president, Myron Leiser, and his beautiful wife, second lady, Miss Dottie. Uh, we, so we live in a gated community. So we, uh, when I say that, what I mean is, is, everybody has fences, tall fences around their yard. And everybody has bulldogs <laughs> and, you know, people are constantly watching and looking. But folks, I, I, wanna, I, wanna, I want you to think for just a moment. You know, I think back on a fellow by the name of Leonard Pelletier. Leonard was sentenced to two double life sentences in federal, federal prison concerning the firefight it back in the 70s, Pine Ridge Reservation. And the government has no, they have no evidence that he was anywhere near when the two FBI agents were shot and killed, but he's been thrown in federal prison and held for 44 years. And these stories go on and on and on about injustice, but somebody has to speak up about injustice. Injustice. Whether it's injustice on the street or whether it's injustice in the government or whether it's injustice in the church or whether it's injustice at the schoolhouse, we must speak up. We cannot be silent because the days in which we are living are evil days. And evil is only going to grow exponentially. I learned that big word. I had to look it up, John. I'm not a scholar, okay? So I looked it up. You know you know what that means in my book? That means a whole bunch. Exponentially means a whole bunch in my book. That's like somebody asked me one day, he said, do you understand how much money $9 billion is? I said, it's more than what I got in my checking account. But when I looked at all those zeros behind that, he said, now, do you know what $9 trillion looks like? And I looked at all those zeros, and I said, whew, that thing really grew big. Sin, I'm telling you right now, sin is about to explode exponentially here in our own backyard all across this United States of America and all across the world because the days are evil and because the evil one, has an inroad. And sometimes the inroad that he finds is in the church because people will not speak up. I'm not condemning anybody. I'm looking at my heart. And I'm, I'm, dealing, I'm, I'm talking from what the Holy Spirit has said to me about me. So I'm not talking about you, or I'm not talking about any one of you. I'm talking about what he said to me. I'm just sharing with you what he has spoken on my heart. That my voice needs to be louder. That my presence needs to be bolder. That I need to stand up and take a stand and plant my feet on the floor and say, I will not be moved. I will not be shaken. All hell can come against me, but I'm going to stand in the name of Jesus. I'm going to profess the blood of Jesus Christ, and all hell can go back to hell, and I am going to stand on the word of God. And it's time that we do so. Listen, I'm tired, Pastor, of hearing the excuse about COVID has has kept people from coming to church. We traveled all of Arizona last winter. We were asked by a denominational headquarters, very large denomination, if we, would, if we would go to all of their 91 churches in Arizona, native churches, and we would minister. Well, the nice thing about Arizona in the winter, is there's some places you can't drive to. <laughs> so that cut it down to about 61. So we mailed a bunch of stuff and said, be blessed, we can't drive there, we can't get there, we're pulling a 20-foot trailer on a truck, the roads are impassable, so here's your stuff, we'll see in the spring. But I don't know how many times I've heard people blame the lack of attendance in the house of God because, well, you know, we just come through the pandemic and we're still suffering. Listen, we're all suffering. Suffering is everywhere around us and it will always be. Jesus said, you will always have the poor with you. There's always somebody hurting. Now, I know I, I may come I may sound kind of harsh but you know what let's not make excuses for something that's very important church is one of those things that matters let me repeat that because I didn't hear an amen all right church is one of those things that matters because it's in church that we come into a deeper understanding and a deeper revelation of God's word brought by the man or woman of God to us, inspired by the Holy Spirit of God, so that we might grow in the Lord and do that which he has called us to do, and that is to establish the kingdom of God where we live. Amen? All right. Praise God. I thought I was talking to myself for a second. All right. Man. Silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. And not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Ephesians 5.16 says this. Making the most of the time because the days are evil. The days are evil. How many times does the word of God have to say it that the days are evil before we understand that the days are truly evil, but they're going to get extremely worse, and I'm going to share that with you now. Oh, I'm doing good. Wow. All right. Flip back with me, if you would, to 1 John chapter 4. First. John. 1 John chapter 4 verses 1 through 6 it says dear friends do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to determine if they are from God because many false prophets have gone out into the world this is how you know that the spirit of this is how you know the spirit of God every spirit who confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God But every spirit who does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. You have heard that he is coming and he is already in the world now. You are from God, little children, and you have conquered them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they say Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. From this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. When John penned these words, this scripture... He says here, many false prophets have already gone out into the world. Verse 1. And then he goes down into verse 3. But every spirit who does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. You have already heard that he is coming and he is already in the world now. The spirit of the Antichrist is already here. Hello, he's already here. As you and I are the body of Christ and members individually, we have a responsibility. Turn with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Got this brand new Bible, Pastor, and I'll tell you what—it's taken me a minute to get used to it. First Corinthians, here we go. First Corinthians, chapter twelve, verses twelve through twenty-seven. First Corinthians, twelve. My post-it notes are in the wrong place. 12, 12 through 27. For the body is one and and though and has many parts and all the parts of the body, though many are one body. So also is Christ. For we are all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free. And we are all made to drink of one spirit. So the body is not one part, but many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, in spite of this, it still belongs to the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not the eye, I don't belong to the body, in spite of this, it still belongs to the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But now God has placed each one of the parts in one body just as he wanted folks you and i have been placed where god needs us to be let me say that again where you're at right here is where you belong until don't and don't and don't get up and move until the holy spirit confirms and confirms and confirms and confirms that it's time to go you know i tell you we talk about evil real quickly we were talking with some dear pastor friends of ours who are much, much, I don't, well, I know that they're listening. So I'm just going to say they are, they are our spiritual fathers and mothers out west. Are, and we love and respect them deeply. And we were speaking to them and we said, you know, what? What is going on out here? Because the dynamics of just not only the geographical dynamics, but the spiritual dynamics, you know, I know pastor has taught and many others that have been here have taught on territorial spirits and they're real things. And, And, you know, we are seeing people jump from church to church to church to church. Always jumping and never staying put. Never learning. You know, always speaking, but never learning. Always speaking, but never hearing. You know, my father-in-law said to me one day, he said, you know, one of the greatest pieces of advice I can give you, and I, see, I saw him live this out, is be quick to hear. Be quick to hear and slow to speak. And so I'm watching, and I'm looking, and I'm seeing, and I'm saying, what I'm seeing doesn't line up with the word of God. And I went back to our pastor friends, and I said, why is this happening? Why is this happening? Why is this happening? And he said, long story short, he said, what you're seeing is a number of these little churches out in the middle of nowhere, popping up, who do not have a man or a woman of God leading them. And he said, it's a front. And they build up a little congregation. Now, this is how evil things are. They build up a little congregation. And he said, I tell you as a fact, he said, they got together a missions trip. They loaded up a big van full of young people and young adults and left and went to another southern state, never to return. I'll tell you another story, true fact. I call one day, I'm talking to a, a dear brother, a Hopi brother. And he tells me a story about he comes home and dinner is on the stove and it's turned down low. So dinner will be warm. But I can't find my wife. I go all through the house. I look everywhere. And I can't find my wife. And he never found his wife. There are things that matter. And lives are precious. And if we can save one life, if we can lead one person to Christ, if we can, if we can implement change, if we can be the, the hands and the mouth and the ears of God and speak and hear and listen and, and reach out and touch those who are hurting, lives can be changed one person at a time. Gotta move quick. First Corinthians 12, as I was reading, it says this, let me find my place, I'm sorry, I apologize. Okay, verse twenty. let me back up here to Verse 21, so the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you, or again, the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. But even more, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are necessary. And those parts of the body that we think to be less honorable, we clothe these with greater honor, for our unpresentable parts have a better presentation. But our presentable parts have no need of clothing. And said, God has put the body together, giving great honor to the less honorable so that there would be no division in the body. That there would be no division in the body. But that the members would have the same concerns for each other. No division and and the same concerns for each other. That means esteeming others as much as you esteem yourself. So, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and individual members of it, and God has placed these in the church. And then he goes down and he lists the fivefold ministry. Galatians 2. Galatians 2, and I'm going to read verses 19, 20, and 21. For the law, for through the law I have died to the law, so that I might live for God. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live in the body. I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died for nothing. I want to go jump back up. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Church, there's I'm going to ask you if you have a pen and a piece of paper. I want to give you these verses and ask you to write these down for you to <clears throat> at a future time go through them. I it is my deeply held conviction that within the body of Christ that despite Us hearing the word, the word being taught to us for years, we still do not not understand the fullness of what I am about to say. As believers, we do not understand our authority and our identity in Jesus Christ. I'm going to repeat that. It is my sincerely held belief that in spite of all the teaching and preaching for all the men and women of God who have stood where I am standing this morning, and and I I could go through their names, Ken Gobb, Elias Malky, Hilton Sutton, Albert Willis, and the list goes on. My father-in-law, Pastor Charles, Pastor Betty, Pastor Connie, For all the preaching and the teaching, and Pastor Ron, for all the preaching and teaching that we have received, I believe that we have yet to come into a fullness of understanding of our authority and identity in Jesus Christ. Please write down 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 17 through 21. Galatians chapter 2 verses 19 and 20, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, Colossians 3 verses 1 through 4, and 1 Peter 2 verse 9. We must never fail to recognize the intense spiritual battle that we are in. I think sometimes we question whether we're in a battle or not. Because sometimes the enemy, you know what the enemy does? He paints pictures for us. That everything's fine. It's all good. It's all good in the hood. Everything is well. Everything is fine. And the battle is raging in the heavenlies. And the battle is, and the storm is blowing in. We must never fail to recognize that we are in an an intense spiritual battle. And we need to understand the spiritual significance of our choices, our words, and our actions. If it runs out of your mouth... If we act upon it, our choices, our words, and our actions impact our life greatly in the realm of doing spiritual warfare. And in closing, I want to say this again. Our lives begin to end the day that we become silent about things that matter. Let us pray. Father, help us to do better. Lord God, cause us to be the mouthpiece that you have called us to be. Cause us to become the hands and the feet of Jesus. Lord God, may we never forget those who are going through trials and tribulation that we have never experienced. Those who feel unloved and unwanted because of their past failures or present, pre- present situations. Lord, may we, may we ever be mindful that our lives do begin to end the day that the things that you call important when we become silent about those things that matter and we take no action on it now I want to just very quickly I have two minutes if there be anyone in this house this morning who has never received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life I want just like everybody to bow their head for just one second. If there be one this morning who would say, you know, I have never asked Jesus Christ into my life. I have never confessed Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. If that is you, would you please just take your hand, raise it, wave it at me. If there be one, all right, I don't see any. So Father, I thank you for this opportunity to share Lord God, we thank you for the blessings, Lord God, that you have bestowed upon us. Father, thank you for this lighthouse set upon a hill. Father, we thank you that from the north and the south and the east and the west, we call those that are lost and undone, those who are dying and those who need to receive Jesus Christ. And Father, may we see your house full, and Lord God, may we rejoice. Lord God, as we participate in your active will for our lives, in Jesus' name, amen.
2: Thank you, Steve. We want to take up a love offering uh, to help them continue on. It's a whole different world where they go, folks. It's not like it is here. That is so true. Uh, so many times we allow things to go on that shouldn't be going on and we should be speaking out about those. There's no doubt about that. Uh, if you're writing checks, write them to Grace Church, they'll receive everything you write. Uh, guys with the buckets, let's go ahead and come on up. Father, we thank you. Father, it's so true. If we just would speak the Word, live the Word, and be the Word, and not take offenses like Tina was talking about, in situations and circumstances, but just be a forgiving person. We can see changes everywhere, Father. Father, we thank you that you've given us extra money to be able to bless them, that they could uh, travel and do the things that they're doing and help them meet their needs. Help us to go with them with our finances, Father, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Guys, let's go ahead and pass the bucket. Everybody good? Great. Great, 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 great. They were, they were sharing with me that there's billboards on the interstates about kids being grabbed and snatched up. How do they? How did, was one of them say? On
1: Interstate 40, it goes all the way from Santa Rosa to, all, all the way across to California. One of the most highly traveled
2: trafficking areas. Interstate 40 going to California, highly, highly... How do you say it? It's where kids get grabbed the most. The trafficking goes on. Uh, we don't realize, folks, it's right in our backyard. Yes, real Real
1: quick, we're, we're, we will be going to the Arapaho-Shoshone Reservation. Uh, with uh, we're going back to the Arapaho-Shoshone Reservation uh, the 20th or the 28th of August. 23rd to the 25th, and uh, one of the most,
2: uh, it's a hot spot. Hot spot for the trafficking. Sometimes I think we've got it right here in Illinois. Don't know what's going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a major issue that's coming up, bigger and bigger. It's, It's financially bigger than the drugs now. That's how bad it's got. I can't imagine. One of your kids, your grandkids, disappearing and knowing where they're at, all because we haven't spoke up. Politicians change that. They're the ones making the money. That's the sad part about it. Already passed. Father, we thank you. Thank you for the day. Thank you for the the morning. Help us, Father, in the things that have been said. Grab a hold of something and allow it to change our lives. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you're always telling us the way to go. And we thank you that we're going to start taking that direction and walking that way. We trust in you and we thank you for all things that's going on, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Call you blessed, you are dismissed. Steve and Tina will be up front here if you want to talk to them.